Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Thank you. What a great piece. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to all you dads. Whether you're a dad of the faith or whether you're a dad of some kids, uh, congratulations and uh, God bless you today as we uh, enjoy worship this morning. Um, I'm going to ask Tom to come, but before he does, all the people that worked so hard to put together the, uh, the front of the church there, as in landscaping, uh, two of them, well, you'll know the other two too, but the McGregors, the McGregors, you got to say that right, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Jim and Pam for your hard work, and also uh, Janet and Ralph. And uh, they did all the work at the front of the church. It looked so nice and, and beautiful. Well done. Thank you very much. I think they deserve a hand, really. And I'm going to ask Tom to come and do the rest of the announcements. Sound. 
Conference Cemetery service in the afternoon. And weather permitting, it will be at 3 uh, Following that, I guess the next one is our anniversary, which is July 21st. Thank you, Tom, so much. Our call to worship is um, in the bulletin, and I will be the leader, and you will be the people of God. Show that I am right, God. Defend me against everyone who doesn't know you. Let them lead me to your house, then I will be at your altar. I will praise you as I play my harp. Let's start by singing at number 27. And uh, you can remain seated for that because it's a worship time. And so you can just uh, have a little quiet time with your, your maker and creator and heavenly father. Let's sing it together. Number 27, like the deer.
has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the the rain's new for mine is the morning like the first dew fall on the first grass praise for the sweetness praise for the morning sprung completeness where is we pass mine is the sunlight Mine is the morning, born of the one light, Eden's soft play. Praise with elation, praise every morning, God's recreation of the You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this beautiful day to celebrate Father's Day. And we thank you for every father and every mom and every child here this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with us in all of the service, that your name would be lifted up and praised and blessed from all of us as your children. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. The children's song that we're going to have today is number 441, Can a Little Child Like Me? And I'm going to ask the kids to come forward and talk to me. You can talk at me if you like. We're with me.
Did you give dad, anybody here give dad breakfast in bed this morning? Didn't do it. After I told you that maybe you should. Well, a long time ago, the mother's day came down. Well, uh, there was two kids that did it in, in uh, Snow Road. Anybody know who they might be? Anna and Beth. They gave dad breakfast in bed this morning. Uh, don't feel badly, though. Uh, all the years that my kids were growing up, it only happened twice. And that's because I kind of reminded them. <laughs> well, you might as well, you know, support the local uh, uh, help that there is. After all, Dad's a great help, isn't he? Is he? Is Dad a great help? He says, I don't care. I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to look at you. You're a great looking boy. I love your hair. I wish I'd had hair like that. I really do. I've always had a tendency towards redheads when I was dating as a young man. But I didn't marry one. So there you go. I like the person better than I like the hair color. But I'm sure that everybody likes you, right? Everybody likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting more. Well, it's nice to see so many boys and girls here. Yeah, I'm only going to take a minute. Uh, we're going to actually give thanks for our dads. Can you think of one thing, just one thing? You don't have to all do it, but I'm going to ask you if you can. Remember, one thing that dad has done for you. I mean, yes. Pardon? He helps you with homework? What a dad. He's a, he's a, he's a rock star. He's a Hall of Famer. Yes? On the water. Oh, that's so neat. Wow. Boats and, and of course, dads that uh, helped you with your homework. That's a really good dad. Like, I'm not saying that because you're a number, Tom. I'm saying it because <laughs> I used to have to do it. And because Catherine wasn't coming home till a bit later, uh, she was nursing. And guess who'd have to do it when they came home? Me. And I've got to tell you, uh, give me anything in language, French, English, I'm good. Give me something in math. Nope. I don't do the books at our house. It's a good thing we'd be broke. Because I probably spend more than I have. Right? So Catherine does. Well, dads all have a purpose, but one of the purposes is to love you. Did you know that? Your dad loves you. Everybody knows that, right? You know that, right? Okay. You know that one? Yeah. Okay, well, let's pray for our dads, all right? Let's, let's ask God to be with them and to strengthen them and to help them along their way as they guide all of our children. Lord, we thank you for dads. We thank you, Lord, that they care for us, that they love us. And we ask you, Lord, today that you be with them, that you give them guidance, that you would be uh, their model as our Heavenly Father, Lord, as Abba Father, Dad, 
And uh, Lord, we ask that you bless each of the children uh, as they go down to children's church and come back up for something sweet. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. It's wonderful. They are so precious. They are indeed. Um, the prayer that you have written in your bullet, and I'd like you to pray it with, with me as the people of God listening to God's word. Today, O oh God, we pray for the calling of being a father. We pray that your spirit and your love would give us the strength and grace to serve you with all our hearts. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Joel to come and read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my shares of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together and all he had and set off for a distant country. And there, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go back to see my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worried to be called, worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on, on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked, What is going on? Your brother is home, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, Look, all of these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you, gave me, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you will always be with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because the brother of yours was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, and now is found.
Thank you. Do you know that um, our services starting last Sunday, thanks to Joel, are being recorded right there? And uh, I heard the first one, I thought it was pretty good, not because uh, you heard me most of the time, but because it, it went over. And I'm thinking, I was thinking of some of our uh, older people who may not be able to make it out to church. I know that uh, Bob uh, would have liked to have, um, uh, would like to have services if he can. And the only trouble is, is getting it, the, the recording uh, to him. So we're working on that. And I want to thank Joel for his good work in all of this. I heard the first podcast, if you will, last, last uh, let me say it would have been Wednesday by the time I heard it. And I thought to myself, that, that is amazing. You know, that we can record it and, and then send it to whoever uh, has a, uh, an email or messenger. And uh, so anyways, we're working on it. It's good, it's good news. Earning the right to be called dad. Well, somebody gave me this morning put it on the pulpit, and gave me a prayer that I think we, uh, we all could pray. I wish to thank you, Lord, for being close to me so far this day. And with your help, I haven't been impatient, lost my temper, been grumpy, judgmental, or envious of anybody. But I will be getting out of bed soon, and I think I will really need your help then. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, there's a story that I want to uh, leave with you. Um, that is kind of cute. It was uh, three little boys, brothers, ages 12, 8, and 4, were playing outside at a little distance from the house. And Dad had a special call when it was time to come in. Supper time came, and Dad called, and the busy boys weren't ready to come in and kept on playing. Well, later, Dad called a second time, time and the boys still wouldn't come in. They were busy playing. Well, the third time, Dad called out in a huff. His voice indicated he meant business, and the boys came running into the house. And the four-year-old boy passed Dad, saying, uh, Daddy, we didn't hear you the first two times he called. <laughs> yes, that's just like kids, isn't it? Uh, they're delightful. Uh, um, we had a couple of little children in the first service this morning at, uh, at uh, Snow Road. And uh, the two children, of course, don't have children's church. So uh, mom brings them something to work on, drawing or, or, or coloring. And uh, so they were talking. And mom's trying to quiet them down. I said, stop that. Those kids are important. They're part of our church. They're the most important people in all the world because they got a whole lifetime ahead of them. They can talk if they like. And she said, but they won't hear you. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, they will. You will hear me, believe me. I'm loud enough. Well, it's, it's such a pleasure to... Uh, I always love Father's Day. And I have to tell you that I wish I could say that I was always the greatest father in the world. I'll tell you about a... Uh, a sour note in the still in the minds of my oldest daughter. Uh, my oldest daughter uh, didn't really like taking medicine anyway, but the doctor suggested that she was having some challenges, and you know I can't even remember what it was. 
But uh, anyway, when she came home from school, and I always, or almost every afternoon, I was close enough that I could be home for them when they came home from school, which would be about 3.30. Because chances are, being a pastor, I, I would have to go to uh, some kind of a meeting in the evening or, or maybe visitation. But I tried to be home when they came home. And I tried to make sure I put them to bed uh, before they, or let, before I left to go to a visit or a meeting, I would put them to bed myself, at least in their younger years. In their older years, too, I tried very hard to do that because um, things got better at the church. And now I wasn't running the whole operation. There was a number of elders who could pick up the slack. And so I was able to stay home with them in the evening most times and read them a story. And I had a story line that went something like this. Um, Harry, Larry, and, per and Perry had an adventure today, and I would always include something that happened that particular day. And, and the girls would all say at the end, at least when they were younger, when they were older, they'd say, oh, Dad, that's what we did today. But when they were young, Harry, Larry, and Perry did the same thing we did today. I'd say, yes, isn't that wonderful? Well, that's what, that was the storyline. And it worked for years until they got to be smart, intelligent dad. That's us. So I had to change the line of stories. But for years, we did Harry, Larry, and Perry. And uh, that, was the, that was the night story at night that the children uh, always looked forward to. Having said that, though, there were times, this particular time, my daughter was coming home and she had to take this medicine. And she said to me, Dad, I'm not taking that medicine. It tastes awful. Does it sound familiar? Uh, I don't want it. And then I said, Crystal, you've got to take it. And she said, I don't want to. And so anyways, her younger sister came to bat for, Dad, if Crystal doesn't want to take medicine, don't give it to her. I'm thinking, this kid is like seven years old, telling me what to do. I said, no, she's going to take this medicine tonight. And Crystal started to cry and lament. And finally, I, I uh, said, all right, I'll wait till mother gets home. And everything was fine. But you know, my daughter says to me all the time, do you know that that was a permanent psychological impairment on my mind? Because today I hate taking medicines. I loathe taking medicines. It's hard for me to get a pill down. And I said, get over it. You're an adult now. Uh, but, you know, the fact is that as dads, sometimes we have to do things that we don't really like. To correct, to instruct. But it has to be done. Or we're going to end up with a generation like the one largely coming up that doesn't look too healthy. They want it all now. Yesterday would even be better, but now it'd be as good. Because we live in a world... And we've taught them well. We live in a world that is very uh, self-centered. Well, I, I'm talking about earning the right to be called dad. And, and uh, this is Trinity Sunday, but I'm not really talking about the Trinity, although I guess I'm talking about the Father. And I am talking about the help of the Holy Spirit as a parent and as a, a dad. But yeah, this, these, these principles that this dad here in the scriptures uh, shares with us uh, really is giving us a pretty good idea of what 
being dad is all about. Robert Lewis, in his book, Real Family Values, tells of a fascinating story about a remarkable, heartwarming discovery that workers in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, Ohio, made in the winter of 1993. While they were renovating a section of that great museum, they found a photograph that had been hidden in a crevice underneath the display case. And the man in the picture had a bat resting on his shoulder. He was wearing a uniform with the words Sinclair Oil, which has been out of business for years, printed across his chest. His demeanor was gentle and friendly. And attached under the glass, was a, uh, the picture, was a note scribbled in pen by an adoring fan. The note read, you were never too tired to play ball with us. And on your days off, you helped build the little league field. You always came to watch me play. You are a Hall of Fame dad. I wish I could share this moment with you, with you your son, Pete. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, a son named Pete found a creative way to put his dad into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, thing. But this morning, I'd like us to talk about what it takes to be uh, a dad or a mom. You can apply these principles in any way, or an aunt, or an uncle, or a grandparent, for that matter. You see, I believe that every one of us can be better than where we are now. And uh, I want to leave you with just a couple of thoughts, and then we're going to uh, have some maple syrup butter tarts. And uh, thankfully, uh, Tom sells to this particular young lady, uh, who we've known since she was eight years old. And uh, she was kind of a little on the plump side, so I was expecting the same, especially after having eight kids. But she's a rail, folks. She's skinny, like skinny. I was shocked to see her, and she's tall. So that kind of accentuates it a little bit more. But she made the butter tarts and makes them and sells them at the carp uh, um, farmer's market. That's, thank you for that, <laughs> the farmer's market, and uh, I came in to understand uh, how good they were one day when I uh, was at the carp fair and I saw this little boy who was kind of manning the whole operation, and uh, his name was Joseph, and, uh, but I didn't know who he was or what he did, so anyways, I then saw uh, that these butter tarts looked really good and then he said well my mother buys from this guy somewhere near Perth and uh, makes the butter and I thought oh that comes from our area um, she buys uh, I don't know 80, 80 to 90 gallons of, uh, of maple syrup uh, from Tom and then makes these wonderful butter tarts and they go before 12 though the market's open to one, but they go before 12. So I happened to be walking through the market one day, and I bought half a dozen. And before I got home, I'd eaten two of them. And, and I could have eaten them all, but I knew I'd better not. So I just told Catherine that I bought some butter tarts. And she said, you make sure you keep me a couple. I know you with butter tarts. Well, anyway, um, I did the same thing yesterday when I picked them up. And um, I ate two of them on the way home. And I make no apology for that. I paid for them. 
<laughs> so anyways, we're going to enjoy that in a few minutes. Earning the right to be called dad, um, uh, the fact is that most fathers, most dads, realize the heavy implications, can remember the heavy implications that came with becoming a new dad. Uh, I remember it. I was in the Belleville Hospital, General Hospital, and, um, and I was uh, filling out the papers down on the main floor, and Catherine uh, was um, upstairs. They, they took her on a stre- on a, on a, in a wheelchair up to the whatever floor it was. I can't even remember what, it was, what number it was. But I do remember that all of a sudden the nurse said and came to me and said, uh, Mr. Robillard, your wife is going to have that baby any minute, and if you want to be up with her uh, to see it all happen, you'd better come now. I said, I'm not done filling up the papers. And the lady that was the administrator said, oh, it's okay. Go ahead. This is more important. <laughs> and so they don't do that anymore. But they did it at that, that moment. And so anyways, I said, I'll be right back. And so I ran upstairs. In time, baby was already out. And uh, she had them quick. We should have had 10. But alas, uh, two was, I think, pretty much as, as many as I could possibly uh, uh, support because uh, I was in a small parish and I was a, what they call a licensed minister. And that meant that you served for two years in some place that they put you. And I went to, of all the places, Caledar. Anybody know where Caledar is? Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's where I went. And uh, so here we are in the hospital, and all of a sudden, this tremendous weight came in. And I thought, I'm responsible for this little life as her dad. No longer just a father, biological or otherwise. Uh, the man that does my, the work on my, on my uh, is doing the work on my garage, the electrical. He also did all the electrical in our house. And... Um, when he was young, much younger man, um, he met this lady who had lost her husband in a car accident in the area. And uh, she had two children. And I guess they'd come fast because she wasn't, Dale says, well, she wasn't very old, but he said, I, uh, I decided that she was the woman for me because I had a chance to eat her pie. And I've never stopped eating her pie since. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, he proposed to her, and he had two children, and uh, I want you to know that the epitome of compliment from Randy, their son, was um, my dad, Dale, did for me what few others would do. He adopted me and my sister, and I don't know of any other dad that would not only do that, but now he's passing me down his business. And it's a good business. He's an electrician and one of the best. The son is an electrical engineer and uh, one of the best in the area. And uh, so I thought to myself, you know, that's quite a compliment. I, and I commended Randy. And he said, I, I really couldn't have asked for a better dad if I'd ordered him. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's the epitome of being a dad. When you can take a dad that's not biologically your, your dad, but... Boy, he's dad, and he's dad in every way. I met his, um, his, his sister, Randy's sister, one day, and uh, um, she uh, 
was introduced to her. He was driving through and wanted to stop in for a minute. He said, oh, by the way, I have my sister with me. I'd like, you to, I'd like to introduce her to, me, to you. And so I did. And I thought to myself, and, and, and they spoke both so highly of their dad. He wasn't even their biological dad, but boy, he was dad in every way, except biologically. And who cares about that? Because, you know, there's all kinds of dads out there. There are dads that are biological, that are irresponsible dads. There are dads who are negative dads. There are absent dads. And then there's super dad. You, you know what a super dad is, eh? They are just running at top speed, taking their kids to every event imaginable. And, uh, and, and they're doing their very best. Well, a father who earns the right to be dad, and I want us to zero in on this guy, because the fact is, here's a guy who really was, had earned the right to be called dad. First of all, his family. He had two boys, two siblings, and he was a dad who seemed to care. He had a lifestyle that was a tribute to him in the community. He had two adult sons. Dad was rich. Dad was was one who had servants. He had developed a horrendous family business with his children in mind. I had a, I had a, a son who works with his dad today, and he said, if I'd known that my dad was so hard to work with, I wouldn't have gone into this business. But when you got a ready-made business already, well, it's better to do it that way. I said, your dad's not hard to get along with. He said, no, he expects everybody to keep pace with him. And he's 74 years old and going full out. I'll tell you, I know about those dads. They're super dads. He, he had developed a family business with children in mind, but dad had cultivated a wonderful open relationship with his sons. And how do we know that? Well, first of all, his relationship with his younger son. Can you imagine your son or daughter coming to you and say, okay, I want my share. I want it now. I remember <laughs> hearing of a, a young fellow who said, well, Dad, I really don't want to go into your business, but I'd like a piece of the action. <laughs> and his dad said, that's fine. You can have a piece of the action as long as you work. <laughs> as long as you work here. Uh, or work somewhere else, someplace else, but they'll give you a piece of the action. So he thought about it a little while and went away and then a few days later came back and said, well, if I can't get a piece of the action uh, in, in, in abstentia, <laughs> then I guess I'll, I'll take a piece of the action as a, your employee, Dad. And with that, he started working for his dad. Well, uh, this, dad, this son was amazing. This dad was amazing because he says to his younger son, well, we read, uh, Joel read it so well. Says to his young son, comes to him and says, I'd like, and at that time they would have got a quarter of the inheritance. I'd like to get my share. And so dad said, well, give me a little time. And so then he meets with the two of them. The older son, of course, got all the land and uh, got some, some money. Younger son just got cash. And when he got it, he planned to leave and so his dad, uh, he probably came to his dad and said, Dad, I, I'm leaving. 
And uh, dad said, that's fine, son. Uh, because talk about a relationship with the son, he knew he would be back. But then all of us know that, don't we? They'll be back. They always come back, folks. I know I have adult daughters. They always come back. And, and that's what's happening with my youngest daughter. They're going to live with us for a little while. Well, I decided if they were going to live with us, I was going to uh, work at putting together a, a little apartment downstairs. And, oh, man, I wish I'd never said I would do that. But I'd rather have them down there than in my hair upstairs. So that was the choice. They have a bathroom down there, a three-piece bathroom, shower. Uh, she did want a, a bathtub, but I said that wasn't going to happen. And a toilet and a sink. And so that I don't even have to see them a whole day if I don't have to. You know what I'm saying. They're wonderful kids, but when they come back as adults, they're demanding. They want things. They want the run of the house. And so I said, no, you've got, uh, you've got everything you need downstairs. And uh, so that I only see you when you want a barbecue or you want to do something for me. Then, then we'll, we'll get together. And incidentally, my daughter uh, called me yesterday. I just want you to, to drool a bit, fathers. She called me yesterday. Well, sent me a text first and gave me something. I, I, I guess it's the actual tickets. I can, I can just show it and, well, I don't know how it works. But anyway, she's going to be here. And together we're going on July the 25th to see the Redbacks front seats. The Redbacks play the Calgary Stampeders. I thought, man, I said to her, you know, I'm going to do cartwheels over this. Because I was talking to her this morning. And she said, uh, she said, well, Dad, better wait till Mom gets home because you may do irreparable damage. Well, uh, the fact is, it's not every day that your kid buys you a, a center and front seat, seat tickets uh, to see a, a football game. I mean, I would have preferred to see the Patriots, but hey, I'll take it. It's good. And uh, my daughter and I are just going by ourselves. Uh, her husband doesn't like football, and, um, and I do. Well, you know... The wonderful thing about having kids is that you hope they stick around. Our kids didn't. They went away. As a matter of fact, uh, Amy, my youngest daughter, says, Dad, we traveled today because you always took us on trips. And I said, really? Yeah, you were always going somewhere. We were always planning another trip. And we would go away. Um, the church would give me uh, seven weeks and I'd be away six weeks uh, because, uh, hey, it's a great time. It's summertime. Take my kids somewhere. We saw the entire uh, landscape of, of Canada within reason and, uh, and, and the world. We had the joy. To, we saw the uh, Notre Dame uh, Cathedral uh, before it, it burned. Uh, didn't happen very long ago, but, but we did. And I think to myself, all of these things are memories that you can't replace. They are moments in time, good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, there are moments in time where we are with our kids and they remember. 
they remember. Well, son left. And uh, dad is waiting with open arms. He, arms, he goes down to the, to the front of his, of his gates and looks down the road every day to see whether his son, when his son will come home. And one day, one day he comes home and, and dad goes out and meets him and hugs him and kisses him. And, of course, the son has a, after he's blown the wad, he says to his dad, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Plain and simple, I just want to be one of your hired hands because that'll be better than being out on, in a land that nobody knows me and nobody cares about me, at least, at least you care for me. And the dad doesn't listen to him. What does he do? He says to one of his servants, put a ring on his finger and, and fresh clothes, bathe them at the same time. My daughter just came back from climbing to the base camp of Mount Everest. And uh, they were there three weeks. And she came back to the hotel at Kathmandu and said that um, dirt was caked on her. I, I don't want to even go any farther than that because she went in a whole lot of... I said, I get the picture, I get the picture. But, but the fact remains that that they've been doing things that are crazy. And they're blaming me. Well, that's the joy of being a parent. You're going to get blamed for all the good things you do and you're going to be blamed for all the bad things we do. And kids remember. Can't get over that. They remember. Well, this son knew that his dad was caring. He knew that his dad loved him. He knew that his dad accepted him just the way he was. And isn't that how the heavenly our Heavenly Father accepts us? He's always waiting for us to come to Him. He won't make His way into our lives, although He's continually prodding us through various experiences of life, drawing us on Himself. And that's this dad. What a wonderful dad. He was there with an open heart. The son knew his dad's theology. His approach to life. Thirdly, dad's relationship with his older son. Man, this is modeling authentic Christianity if there ever was one. Because here's the son comes in and hears that dad is throwing a party for the, the, the prodigal, for that bad kid that went and blew his father's wad. And the dad says to his son, why don't you come in and, and join us? And the son says, you know, I've never asked you for anything. You know, I never got, I never got a fatted calf. I never even got a goat. Well, goat isn't bad eating if you've ever had it. It's pretty good. Uh, we had a number of Filipino families in my church in Toronto. And man, could they make goat. It was wonderful. It was tender and Delicious. Now, there wasn't much meat on the bone, but hey, it was, it was good anyway. He didn't even give me a goat. And, and his dad says to him, son, the whole rest of the estate is yours. That's the reality. And so he says to him, come on, let's go in because your brother doesn't say my son. He says your brother was lost. And now he's fine. He's found. He's back home. 
At least you could do is celebrate with us. And so I guess the sun went in. But the point is, he turns argument into affirmation. He helps the oldest son focus on his brother's present repentance rather than on his previous sin. Closing words. General thoughts from dad's example. First of all, dads, we need to be credible, and certainly this father was. He gave him his money in spite of it. I'm not suggesting you do that. But, um, but it is something that, that really gives this dad a lot of credibility. Secondly, growing mature children need room to be free, room to fail, room to grow, and room to succeed and applauded when it happens. And last, dad needs to know that each child is so individual. Our two kids are... And then the granddaughter came along and she, she, uh, she has more energy than anybody else I've ever met. She's totally different than either of them or their combined parents. Dads need to know their children individually and love them just the way they are. And let God do the reparative work as he did in the prodigal. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Help us to be fathers and mothers and, and children that are that are tribute to you, O Lord. May the world see Christ in us. May the world see as dads the creative Abba. And may we give you full reign of our lives in order that you can work in us, do your good work in us, in order that we might come out as pure gold. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now respond in faith with our tithes and offerings. Lord bless you as you get. After all, every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above, our Abba. Lord, we ask now that you'd receive these gifts as our offering to you. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to just quickly but reverently go to God in prayer regarding the needs on the back of the bullet. Take a look at those. Take them home with you. Put them in your Bibles. And every day, you might not be able to remember them all, but there's quite a number here. 
Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for Sylvia Crane and Terry and Bob and Robert and Ray and Sophia Dawn and Joyce and Marie Jose, who is now on the last of life. We ask you, Lord, to be with her and her family. We think of Stan and Morgan and, and Nick and Kathy and ask you, Lord, to minister to every one of those people. We pray for Rita and Audrey and Dawn and Donna. Lord, we ask that you'd be very close to them at this moment. Visit them wherever they may be, that they will know that God, God's spirit is there. Lord, I pray that you'd bless us this day and this week as we follow you. There are prayer requests that we have on our own hearts, and in your mercy, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our government, both on the federal, provincial, and local area, and ask, Lord, that you would give them wisdom. In this day of uncertainty, we ask that your presence would guide them. In Christ's name we pray, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to sing number 333. And we're going to sing just the first and last verses. Number 333. Sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines at God's command, and all the stars obey. Verse 3, there's not a plant or field, but makes thy glory snow, and clouds arise and tempests flow, by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee, is ever in thy care, and everywhere that I thou God art present there. Let's uh, close with this little chorus that you all know. God be with you till we meet again. And I always say that if, when children come in, please let them express themselves. There are kids. Let's sing it. God be with you till we meet again. Neath his wings.
protecting high you daily manna still provide you God be with you well I got this beautiful Father's Day card from the children God bless them and I got chocolate and I'm not sharing them with anybody Dads are as smart as a dad, as strong as a as a bat, as fast as a dog, as brave as a tiger. Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much for presenting me with this, Caleb. And to all the children, thank you so much. You're free to go. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon, and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.